Just to do the bare minimum to communicate well in the church is a full-time job today. However, most churches don't have the manpower, the expertise, or even the budget to hire enough people to really do it well. But Church Comm Team helps churches communicate better, both internally and externally, by giving you a full team of pros for the price of one full-time employee. We manage your projects and requests, social media, website, design, email, and even coach you and your staff to communicate strategically and effectively to your community. Go to churchcomteam.com to find a plan that works for your church size and budget and book a discovery call with our team today. Regardless of your church size, you've got big vision for your community. We can help you make that happen. Churchcomteam.com It's the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, a show all about church communications and digital ministry. Come hang out with us. So, Megan, flowers, huh? <laughs> flowers. <laughs> There's this TikTok going around, don't buy me flowers and chocolate, and everyone's all mad about it. Really? All the women are salty. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Why? Have you not? Well, I guess you guess. I guess you're not on like female TikTok, then, are you? <laughs> Hope not. No. <laughs> no. That's I, fair. It's I, fair to assume you haven't seen it. It's funny that I am actually on puppies and kittens TikTok quite a bit. I don't know how oh. that happened. Babies. I want to be on puppies and ki- kittens TikTok. Yeah, but if you know me, that's like the worst. That's like so not me. But I do enjoy it, so I guess it is me. I'm I'm learning a lot about myself, Megan. Hmm. Well, if you're on it, I mean, the algorithm sometimes knows you better than you know yourself. So, wow. <laughs> Maybe you need to take a deeper look at inside and just question, like, ask, spend some time with yourself and some, ask, who is set? I'll spend some time with my digital algorithm self <laughs> and see what Robo Seth is up to. That could be pretty cool, huh? I have a lot of horses on my feed. Oh, man. A lot of horse, a lot of horses, but. I mean, I don't, I also don't mind it usually. Horse, horse people are different. They are different. Horse people are they, a different breed. Yeah. And, and in Texas, like there's, there's a lot of horse people in Texas, not, not in like DFW or central, you know, basically just West Texas. There's a lot of horse that people. That makes, well, that makes sense. I would connect horses with Texas. Yeah. People are really probably more surprised to find out that, that Texas isn't all just what they saw in the movies. Cause most of what they filmed in like the Westerns, they say, welcome to Texas. And it's clearly Utah. You know, <laughs> you know it's like the filmed on location in Arches national park. And like, well, we're supposed to believe that's Texas. I mean, I know it's an old movie, but they still knew where places were. Or like the general geography of a state, <laughs> but maybe not. One of my favorite lines in Austin powers. I think it was the second one. They were driving around. And uh, he, he just kind of goes, it's amazing how the English countryside looks nothing like Southern California. <laughs> and obviously that's where they're filming, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like Texas gets a bad rap for being a bunch of cowboys, boots and spurs and rodeos and horses. And that's not really what, where most of the people live. A lot live, of Texas is though. It is. A lot of Texas is. But where most of the people live, it's not. Yeah, that's fair. You know, Dallas is huge. Like, like Dallas is... <laughs> There's there's horses out in Fort Worth, but they're like really nice barns and these perfect like areas for them to show them. Fancy know, farms. Fancy horses. 
fancy horse farms. They've had a ranch. Would you say that there's a lot of uh, high capacity leaders in Texas? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Are you trying to segue into into the topic of today? Been on this geography thing for a a hot while. So like, just what are we talking about today? I shut it down. No. (laughs) (laughs) There's no high capacity leaders here. For sure. Not even though I live here. Yeah, I I am though. I'm one, but nobody else. You're the only. The only one. Man, I, I, I've, one of the things that Texas does have a lot of, though, is churches. I mean, we really do have a lot of churches. And in those churches, there are a lot of high-capacity leaders. There's a lot. You have to be, especially with the, the – we have a lot of mega churches here. And, mm. you know, I don't want to get into too much of the theological debate of this, but, you know, there's a lot of pressure to be excellent and very production-heavy, and, and there's a lot of things going on in a church. So – Having a high capacity leader in those roles is kind of obvious. You need someone that can crank out a lot of stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're a good leader. It doesn't being a high capacity leader. You know, obviously we want to talk about what makes a high capacity leader leave. Why, why does the turnover seem so, so fast when you've got somebody in a position that like on paper and even in reality is great at what they do, but doesn't last two years. Right. You know, why is that? Why do they leave? Right. Um, you've heard the old adage that you never quit a job. You quit a, you don't quit bad jobs. You quit bad bosses. Mm-hmm. There, there's something to that, I think. But still, we've got this kind of high turnover in the church, especially when you have high capacity situations. So I thought it'd be fun today, fun and inviting, invigorating and uh, enlightening. What's the word I'm looking for? That's not it. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. <gasps> Wow. Our, that's it. The, it has happened. Our brains have synced. Finally, finally, finally had the sync up moment. <laughs> it's interesting. It's, it is interesting to talk about high capacity leaders. And we're going to talk about the things that make that cause them the most frustration. But I think when you're when you're considering specifically like a ministry, there's a lot of complex factors that could be there. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get into all of all of the factors, you know, they're. There's, there's many, yeah. and we're not here to hit or hate on any particular way or sure or no. in, or anything like that. But the but there process. are definitely things that we can do to nurture our high capacity leaders and to kind of alleviate some frustration that might not be so obvious. Right, and and I think let's let's just define what we think a high capacity leader is before we even get into it. To me, it's somebody who not only can just do a lot of things because that's sometimes you're just a high capacity machine. You can just crank Mm -hmm. out stuff, but a high capacity leader to me is a, you know, is a person that really is good at their job, but they also, they run ahead, right? They, they're the person you have to, you have to pull in the reins a little bit because they're always thinking ahead, trying to move ahead, move forward, make things better, make things bigger, uh, reach more people is the goal, you know, of, of their leadership. And they, and they tend to get a lot of people to follow them. You know, they, they tend to be able to motivate people and, and, and get people going in a general direction together. They lead people. Yeah. Um, Cause if you're not leading I, people, you're not leading, you know, like you're, yeah, not, not you're just doing a bunch of stuff. You're good. You're a doer and you're a good one. I'd, but I would also say there's this, there is this uh, saying that came out of, there was a documentary I watched called the men who built America. Mm-hmm. It was about like um, uh, Vanderbilt and 
you know, all those, all those oil guys and, and railroad people. And one of the, there was a quote there that was talking about like what makes a really great leader. And they said it was, it's somebody that has the ability to look around the corner, oh, to good. see around the corner. And so when I think of a high capacity leader, I think of somebody that has the ability to see the thing that's coming next, yeah. to not just focus on what's currently on your plate, but to think about strat- like strategically what is going to make the most sense six months from now, five years from now. Yeah. Strategery. Strategery. They have that. They have a lot of strategery. And it, and it fuels them. Yeah. They like to be on the edge. They like not knowing they're, they're pushing, they're pushing things forward and they're also not afraid to fail. And there's probably a lot of failure that comes with that. So it's hard sometimes to go that guy, that lady, they're great at what they do when they have this mountain of things that didn't work out behind them. Sometimes it's hard to recognize, but I think that's part of being this kind of high capacity leader. You're out there just trying stuff. Mm -hmm. So as working with that definition, you know, over the years, I've kind of noticed some things. We've read some blogs, we read books, and you talked about leadership. You know, I think that within communications, pastoral ministry, this kind of applies across the board. When you have a high capacity leader, there's a tendency to, to burn them out and make them leave. And there's some things that happen that I think really frustrate high capacity leaders. And it isn't always coming from just their boss or their leadership or the structure. Sometimes it comes from, from within and it's just a, an ability to kind of settle your own soul on some things and understand you may not win some of these battles. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a give and take. And I think when you can recognize these things, whichever one you are, the person frustrated who feels they're a high capacity leader or you, the person that's frustrating a high capacity leader, you got a, somebody in your, in your organization that you oversee that's just constantly you're having to mess with, you know, so something's yeah. going on. Well, and in each of these things too. So I love that you pointed out whether you're sitting in the, you are leading high capacity leaders or you yourself are sitting in the seat of frustration. Mm -hmm. I had somebody, and we might've talked about this on this podcast. Jenny Catron told me once you were responsible for your own leadership. Yes. And I loved that Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to put the responsibility on somebody else, especially when you're sitting in a seat of frustration. But the more that we can recognize, these are the things that frustrate me. And it's not because I'm super needy or it's not because um, I can't just get over it. It's because I have, I'm a high capacity leader and these are the things that slow me down. Yeah. And when you put fault for responsibility of leadership on someone else, it's really just blame. It's, and, and maybe they, maybe they earned it, you know, maybe there's, they do share some blame, but when you focus on that, that way, you really don't, you really can't go forward. You really can't grow right. like that. It really just stunts you. Um, so let's get into, I think we got about seven of these that we can talk through that, you know, we'll talk about some of the things that frustrate high capacity leaders and make them eventually leave if they're not addressed. So, um, let's jump into it. Number one, let's do it. Number one, lack mm-hmm. of clarity. And you can really just stop there, but <laughs> when there's a lack of clarity everywhere, it's it's frustrating for high capacity leaders. But specifically in a clear a lack of clarity for their role, for the vision, for what authority they have, um, and, and there's just so many factors of clarity. Like, what can I do, and what can I not do? I need to know. Yeah. And I, and I think like you need to have a goal to shoot for and something to Mm -hmm. run towards. And if that isn't clear, if we're not on the same page about what that looks like, then I feel like I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my effort 
and um, I'm not getting, I'm not doing what I need to be doing. And right. it's just, you, you feel stuck. And that is a, an awful feeling for somebody that is a high capacity leader to feel stuck. Yeah. Um, and so you need to make their role super, super clear. This is what, this is what the vision of our organization is. This is where we're going. And this is how you are going to help us get there. Yeah. Because if you're creating you don't that clarity, if, if you don't have that, they're going to find it. They're going to find where the limits are. They're going to create it and yeah. you might not like it. <laughs> mm -hmm. They are because they're not waiting on you. And when they constantly have to think about like, where's the boundary, where's the boundary, it can make them either get frustrated and leave or shut down and stop being the high capacity leader. And either way, that's not good for you. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's just frustrating. It's frustrating beyond belief. I've been in this situation a lot. I know that many communicators may feel that way too, or pastors may listening may feel that way. I'm the high capacity leader and I don't know what's going on. Well, Maybe you're not a real high capacity leader, but you just don't have clarity and that's frustrating in general. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I've definitely been in the place where it's constantly, I'm fine. I'm do, I've done something wrong and I didn't know it was wrong. Yes. And I've asked and we haven't defined it. And I don't know. I didn't know I couldn't do that. I didn't know I stepped over my bounds or I didn't know yeah. I was supposed to be addressing that, you know, and it got yeah. slipped through the cracks. So clarity, yeah. clarity, clarity, clarity. And then it creates all of this tension all over the place. Because yeah. there wasn't clarity for, for your team. Mm -hmm. And that's not the high capacity leader's fault. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would say like when you're dealing with internal communications, it's 90, 95 to 99, maybe a hundred percent of the questions that are asked are about that clarity. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what, who's supposed to do what. I don't know if I can tell this person to do this X thing, or if they can tell me, or if we're supposed to work together. And we need leaders at the top to define that for us. Yes. Telling us to work it out or just get along is not a solution. You, as a leader, and I'm talking senior pastors here on down, you know, especially senior pastors, executive pastors, if you are led by a board of people, job descriptions, clear org charts, you know, those kinds of things are really important to sit down and figure out. And that's the job of the leader, not the job of the person on the ground. They don't need to figure out where they fit in the org chart. You figure it out. So having that clearly defined, Eliminates a lot of frustration. Yep. What's the second one? Number two, a lack of responsibility for shaping an organization's future. Yes, absolutely. I love this one. I think because, because again, going back to the high capacity leaders, they're, they, the definition of them, they're people that are going to think strategically and see what's around the corner. And so they're going to want to be able to have influence and do not only what their, or their particular role is going to look like and continue to grow into, but where the organization is heading, they've got good ideas yeah. and they, they are, you know, they're on, they're, they're both on the ground implementing the work and they're also thinking ahead for you. And yeah. so if their if their voice is kind of stuffed, that can be super frustrating. And, I, and I'll say this, if you look around your church and you say, we have silos everywhere, this is why it's because they felt they didn't have a, a responsibility in the overall mission of your church. And so they decided to retreat into the one small little area they did have authority over and said, I'm going to make this what I think it should be. And they've gone off mission. They get unaligned. You know, it just, it becomes a problem and you get these silos because leadership has not made, uh, made it a priority that we are all on the same page. And one of the best ways to do that is to include people in getting on the page, let people get mm -hmm. on the page. And if they don't have a responsibility, it's like, why do I care what you think? Why do I care what's going on over here? It's like, that doesn't have anything to do with me. And it gets really yeah. frustrating. 
Yeah. How do you, one of the things I think that one of the tensions that comes with this is um, roles Mm -hmm. and only allowing certain people and certain levels of leadership, regardless of their skill set or the regardless of their ability to think like this yeah we only allow certain people a voice at the table how do you handle that well what would you say to an organization that um is only allowing you know a certain level of staff member to speak when you've got these high capacity leaders not at that level yeah i think it's a shame to just simply use title to determine who gets to be in the meeting um that's that's just not smart anymore there might have been a time when it was simple enough in your, your place where there was only five people on staff anyway. And, you know, you could figure out who was doing what, who was good at what, or you just all met at once and it didn't matter. Um, when you have, when you have to talk about, let's say for instance, you need to put together a social media policy for your staff. Okay. There might be some things you want as a pastor, but not inviting your communication director to the table to create that is, is foolishness. Mm-hmm. It really is. Whether they're a communications pastor or a communications volunteer doesn't really matter. Their job is communications. Their job is social media. It would be wise of you to bring them in. You may not take right. any of their suggestions, but what you will get is you will get, um, you will get an expert opinion and you can, you'll be able to say that you did hear expert opinions. That's important. And then you also get buy-in from that person, even if you don't use their ideas because they got to be part of the process. Oh my gosh. I think that last one is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Allowing people to speak into something yes. gives them, gets, gets buy-in. And I just think we highly underestimate yeah. the value of that. And maybe that's what we mean by a lack of responsibility for shaping the future. It's we, we don't have an opportunity to buy in, mm-hmm. especially when it concerns our area of ministry. I mean, imagine if you're a pastor and then somebody else on staff decided on Sunday morning that your message was going to change. Right. You know, and, and, or like, I'm going to change the entire design of your slides in the middle of your series. You, you get to keep your message, but I'm changing the slides because I didn't like them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you would not like that. Mm-hmm. And that happens in a lot of ways because we, 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 because we don't bring the right people into the room at the right time. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's an important one. Let them buy in. Uh, let's look at number three. I'm sorry. I was like, I had some like, I had some heavy, this one has a lot of weight. I think the organ, the organ that's, um, and I was shape. I was trying to consider how do I say this in a, in a way that is respectful and, um, kind. Yeah. I was wrestling with that because that, I think that is it's personal. It's personal. Yeah. It's personal. And, um, Yeah, I just think, especially in the communications role, because oftentimes we view the communications role as something that is just an executor. It's just somebody that gets things done, that gets delegated down to. And we don't really understand as as senior leadership, the nuances of that and the Mm -hmm. expertise that goes with that. And we I just think there's a lack of respect for that role. Yeah. Um, Well, I think that can a case can be made for that in a lot of areas. I mean, imagine you're doing a series uh, and you're planning your sermon series. But you also make sixth grade and up attend services with their parents. You don't have anything going on for them. So you're expecting them to be in there. And you don't bring the youth pastor in to help you understand how to talk to teenagers in the room for your series. Yeah. You know, what issues they're concerned about, how to, how to address them in the, in the room. It's like you're missing part of the, the conversation that's necessary because you didn't think the youth pastor had anything to do with the program on Sunday. So we have this right. programmatic mindset that doesn't match real ministry. 
Anymore. So again, it goes back to not using title, but using yeah. a particular skill set or a gift mm-hmm. or, you know, even understanding uh, like gender or yeah. area of expertise, you know? Yeah. I was always shocked by how many times we planned a like a Mother's Day event with no women. Yeah. Oh my God. Planning Great the event. Example. What is happening? Why did you not invite your women's staff to help That's you plan that? That's a great example. Great example. Why do we do that? <laughs> oh man, I could talk for because days. Because they don't have a pastoral leadership title. Come on, guys. Come yeah. on. Yeah. For real. Oh my gosh, that's such a good example. But we got to move on, though. We got to go to the next okay. one. number three. All right, number three. A low ceiling for innovation and a keeping of the status quo. Oh snap! They uh, get told no a lot. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if a high-capacity leader, uh, like I said, they're going to find those boundaries. They're going to find them. But if they keep pushing the boundaries and trying to get us to go in a direction and they keep getting no, 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 no. We just want to keep things how they are. High-capacity mm-hmm. leaders hate the way things are, no matter how good they are. They hate exactly. the way things yes. are. Yes. They, they are, are always going to want to make things better. Yeah. There's always going to be a way to make something better, and they're always going to look for it. Uh, it's just, it's just how they're wired. And yeah. so, and they, get, um, and they get the rap for being such a negative person on staff. And we, we just get rid yeah. of them because they're so negative. Yeah. Cause they're always critiquing. Oh my gosh. And really they're just looking for ways to improve. And so how can we take, how can we take those suggestions and just that ability to kind of like scour over things and meticulously look over the way a strategy or a system and make it better and turn that into a positive yeah. and create space to make things better. Well, people take it personal when they hear negativity about something they liked or wanted to do. And sometimes they're not able to separate that. Um, you know, and it'll, that actually plays into another thing we've got coming later. Um, but, uh, we'll save it for then. But the point is, is that whenever we've got to stop being afraid of negative people, and, and I don't mean like negative people that are just negative all the time for no reason, but people right. who are constantly trying to change things, advance things, do things different. They have always got an idea. You know what we could do? You know what we could do? Those kinds of people frustrate teams that are bent on like organ or organizational skill. You know, what am I looking for? Uh, for organization, for systems, for that. And I, and I got to say the communication team is often that team that mm-hmm. doesn't want things to change. And high capacity communicators are always looking to tweak the system, make it better. Right. Which can frustrate leaders and, and elsewhere. But often we're frustrated by pastors who come in and go, wouldn't it be great if, and, and they're, they're wanting to push forward um, and do something different. And we want to keep it the same. So it, this it's, is making a, me think about the five love languages and how they talk about everyone has like a bucket to fill, right? Yeah. Like what's your particular bucket? Is it words of affirmation, acts of service? This is a bucket that high capacity leaders need filled. Mm-hmm. And so one way that you can fill that is by asking their opinion. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to do, have anything to do with their job. Hey, I have, I'm facing this decision. What are your thoughts? Or help me make this decision. Here are the details. And it doesn't have it doesn't have to have anything to do with what they do. They might not have any responsibility in the execution of it, but simply being able to give, like, you know, to give feedback and to be able to speak into something and to be able to make change somewhere fills that bucket. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I feel like when you've got a leader who's trying to go for it. Now, this is somebody that just no, 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 because they don't want to work hard. No, 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 because it's uncomfortable. 
no, 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 because that's just my personality. I like being, I like to fight about things. That's a problem. But if it's somebody who's going, Hey, we need to go forward with this. We need to try this new thing. And they're constantly like, you've got to constantly rein them in because they want to do something new. They want to do something different or better. That's someone to keep. That's not someone to get rid of. But if they are trying to over and over to go and they just feel the reins pulled every single time, they're going to stop having any ideas. Not at least for you. Yeah. And they might grow apathetic and mm-hmm. that's a red flag Yeah, for, for them and for you. Yeah. And they're going to look for the first opportunity to get out of there Yeah, because they want to be in a place where they can actually go forward and do interesting new things and exciting. When your things. high capacity leader stops asking questions, pay attention. Yeah. When they <laughs> go quiet, that's a bad sign. When your person goes quiet in the meetings suddenly and you're like, oh, okay. They're frustrated. That's a bad sign. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to the next one. Number four. Uh, four? No. Yes, four. Yeah, we're on four. We're on four. What is it, Megan? <laughs> the lack of a feedback system or the leadership just doesn't listen. Yeah. In go. other words, the leadership's not listening. Yeah. I mean, feedback can go goes both ways. But if there's no mm-hmm. way to give it, just take it. That's frustrating. Yeah. As a high capacity leader, you want the ability, you know, again, this kind of goes back to shaping the organization, but when you, when the leadership doesn't listen to anything, you feel like maybe, well, maybe I'm just here to be a workhorse Mm -hmm. and I have so much more to give than be a workhorse. Yeah. Um, that can be very, uh, what's the word? Dis demotivating, discouraging, dis, dismotivation, encouraging, unscouraging. Unencouraging. Yeah, that's it. That's the word. <laughs> you got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. You did. I, I, man, when you have a boss or a, a, sometimes even a culture of your church that, you know, like we've talked about, doesn't want to hear negativity, doesn't want to hear criti- criticism, doesn't want to hear anything new. They just want to keep the status quo. What develops is a culture of yes, man, what we call yes, man, where Everyone thinks every idea that the people in power have is great. And if you don't, you're done. That is such a dangerous ship to be sailing. When leadership doesn't listen, that's what you are. You become surrounded by. When leadership doesn't listen, you'll be, what's the Andy Stanley quote? When leadership doesn't listen, you'll find yourself surrounded by people who have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. They have no new things to add. It's just you come up with an idea. We'll just go do it. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine people really being fulfilled by that. You may find people that are like, I want a job that's steady that I can just do and then clock out and go home. But you know, that's just not ministry. This yeah. is not ministry. Maybe administrative can be that way. Some communication can even be that way, I guess, but really. Well, I mean, I not. think there's some, there, there are people are wired very differently. There are yeah. some people that are wired. Literally. I just want to show up. They're service oriented. I just want to show up and I want to serve mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to help you accomplish your mission and your goal. But we're not talking about those people today. We're talking about high capacity leaders, yeah. people who can take a department of your organization and, and it can grow to impact your city. Like, that's what we're talking about. Like, you want to be able to go to the pastor and say, I have this crazy idea. It just might work. What do you think? Yes. Like, a high-capacity leader in any department is going to want that. They're going to want that access, no matter how big you are. I also feel like we need to clarify that both of those things are important. You need the high-capacity leader, and you need the person who wants to just show up and and, and make things happen. And the service oriented person, both of those people are equally important. Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, let's call them a high capacity servant. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're Is both very, very important. Yeah. Um, but I think a tension that we're trying to address today is that all too often the high capacity leaders are misunderstood yeah, and not paid attention to. Mm-hmm. So that's why that I just, I don't know. I just felt like we needed to or, or acknowledge they, or that. They, or they get the wrong attention. They get the wrong. They get it wrong. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So having a system is important. So if there's no way for you to let leadership know, here's an idea for how we do things, or here's an idea for our Christmas services, or here's an idea for whatever. A high capacity leader is not going to be okay with that. They're going to go around. If the, if the boss between you and the boss they need to talk to is, is a roadblock, they will go around the roadblock. They will go over your head. And then the boss that wouldn't let the ideas go forward gets really mad when the, when the pastor goes, that was a great idea. And then you got problems. Yeah. Why? Because you're a high capacity leader that had a great idea. And now you're in trouble. And now it's, you're in trouble. And it's hard to justify why you would want to stay in a place like that. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult. I'm, I'm a rebel at heart in a lot of ways. So I'm like, go, go around them, get the better idea, you know, cause I know there's structures in place for a reason. We need to respect authority. But the point is you like, if that happens a lot, you get frustrated and go, forget this, man, I'm going to the pastor, you know, and I'm going to see mm-hmm. what I can do. And, and then that's when team breakdown starts happening Yeah, because people feel betrayed. They don't feel mm-hmm. respected. And, and see, I'm not advocating for that. I'm saying that was what will happen. I'm just saying that's a consequence. Yeah. That's what a high capacity leader will do when they get frustrated enough. So there needs to be a system for leadership to hear the right people and, and be able to hear those ideas. Um, Okay. Number five, a lack of resources, manpower, basically being disorganized. Mm -hmm. You know, those aren't always related, but they tend to be. Yeah. So, I mean, a a high capacity leader is going to have, they're going to be thinking about all the things that they can do or they want to do or that they should be doing. And when we have a disorganized organization, they don't feel, they don't feel like they're set up to succeed. Mm -hmm. And that's a super frustrating, I mean, that's a super frustrating position for anyone to be in, but you want to feel like you are being supported in what you're doing, especially when there's, you know, this potential tension around you because you're a high capacity leader and you're kind of like, breaking the mold in lots of different ways and you're, you know, rising up to, to do things that you weren't actually asked to do, but because you see, they need to be done. You have a leadership gift in that way. Um, And so when you don't have the support through organization, that can be very discouraging. You'd be a, a disorganized organization. Or you might call it a disorganization, Megan. I was just waiting for that word. (laughs) You don't want to have a disorganization on your hands. No, sirree. That's the worst. I always count on Seth to relieve the brevity. (laughs) I'm so frustrated in meetings when they're trying to name stuff because I will take two words and just combine it into one word and be like, uh, 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 you like it? You'd be so good at like naming celebrity couples. I, I am good at that. Actually, yeah. I, I don't want to do it now, though. I What's mean, your, you and your wife's, Seth and Kara? Sarah. Sarah. Oh, that's like an actual name, though. That's, yeah, that's I know. fair. That's good. I know. That's what's funny about it to me. Is you say, <laughs> is Sarah coming? They're like, who's Sarah? It's like, oh, that's two people. You moron. Ha <laughs> ha. Got you. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my kind of humor. Anyway. All right. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, number six. We're going to do lack of development as number six. Um. Oh gosh. A lack of development, you know, that's really on you as a leader, but when there are no opportunities for it, uh, let me, let me put it this way. There's no space for it. That's a problem. 
when you're doing so much, so much, so much, you're looking for ways to grow. You want to learn, but you feel like you never can lift your head up, look around, take some time and get better at what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no time for you to keep, to be a better employee, better, whatever you are, communication director. And it's yeah. frustrating. I think one of the, one of the qualities of a high capacity leader is that they love learning and they're always looking to grow Absolutely. and they're always looking to learn. And if the organization doesn't support that, then, um, you're going to feel, you're going to feel held back. I love, I love the visual that you, that you had with, if you always feel like the reins are being pulled in, mm-hmm. um, you're going to want, and you want to run, like you want to grow, you want to learn, you want to yeah. continue to be better at what you do. And so if you're not given opportunities to do things outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. that I think that subliminally communicates a lack of trust. Yeah. And, um, and also like, it kind of like, you know, kills that desire to grow and learn when we, when that's like built into you. Right. High capacity leaders really want to challenge. They, they, yeah. they kind of enjoy it. They, they like whether that's for your organization, for your team, for your church, for yourself personally, they, they like to do hard things. You know, they, they want to see, could we, you know, they, they kind of have that, that, that frontiersman kind of in, or mentality, you know, of yeah. let's blaze a trail here. What's that look like? You What's know? out there? One of the most fun things I ever did as a communication director is um, when we were putting together our launch for our new building, we'd had renovated. We had a new auditorium built. And we were going to do this big party night and we were trying to figure out like, how can we use our app for something? And I had this idea of, you know, when you go to the museum, you can buy like the audio tour. Yeah. And like, yeah. What if we plugged it, like set up spots around the new building and did an audio tour for the building that they could just have on their app on their phone, bring their own headset. Um, Genius. And we're like, that's cool, but we couldn't, really figure out a way to do that well. So the idea yeah. morphed into, well, what if we had a 3d map in our app that had buttons you could push that would bring up a video or a, even a caption window of here's what this room's going to be used for. So we ended up doing that. Problem was we had no idea how to build an interactive 3d map. So I had my designer, his name's Craig. Um, he was like, I'll figure it out. I've never seen him more alive. Like mm-hmm. he stands at his desk all day. He had a big standing desk and he just stood there and cranked out designs all day. And he was good at it, but doing something new, he would sometimes like draw because he was an artist. He would just take a moment just to draw or whatever he needed that. But this challenge, he was like, I love this. And when we got it figured out, he was like, yes, we were all celebrating. You're so proud. Oh my gosh. High capacity leader. He's a high capacity leader for sure. He led yeah. our design team and man, he needed that. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's what, that's what high capacity leaders really need. They need that opportunity to just stretch themselves, try it, see if I can. But if mm-hmm. there's a constant barrage of, Oh, got to get this done. Got to get this done. Got to get this done. They can't do that. Yeah. So yeah. They're going to get super bored if mm-hmm. the job's too easy and yeah. they know what they're doing for too long a time. And by easy, we don't mean not busy. Right. But yes, but easy. Yes. Or even predictable. Good clarification or even predictable. If it becomes too predictable, that might be a problem for some people like me. All right. The last one, last one, uh, very, very important. Do you want to read it? Sure. So the last thing that makes a high capacity leader leave is egos, 
and arrogance. Yeah. Ooh, this one's a little touchy. Yeah. That's a little touchy. When no one can admit they are wrong, mm-hmm. either the leader or the leadership, mm-hmm. that's going to, that's a problem. Yes. And I don't think that's like, you know, no one's going to hear that and be like, oh, wow, I am, I am shocked. Yeah. I am surprised that that is here. Mm-hmm. We are all well aware of what ego does. That one always ends up in an explosion and and a parting of ways. Um, I forget where it is, but I know that Paul says in, I think it's Corinthians, where he says that we're to defer to one another in love. We are to, he's talking about meat sacrificed to idols and other things. They had this big question about it. And some were like, you shouldn't eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols. And Paul's like, you know what? They're not really gods. It's just meat. And nothing's wrong with it. So why not? And so that was the, that was the debate. <clears throat> so Paul was like, well, if you believe that that's like I do, sure, who cares? Then do it. But if somebody is there that doesn't, don't cause them to stumble. You know, defer to the weaker brother. So the one that has the problem with it, it's more legalistic than the weaker one. I love that about that story. Legalism yeah. is a weakness. And so I love that. But he also, te- it's an example for us as we look around and go, um, if we, if we have a bunch of people that can't admit they're wrong, what we really have there is a legalistic, dogmatic view of how things should go. And, and it's basically ego and arrogance and it has no place in the church. Mm-hmm. And especially when two Christian believers are trying to work together for the same goal and they can't get along because of that, because somebody just can't admit when they're wrong or they can't allow somebody else to, not, to win and them lose, that is a recipe for disaster. And if you've got a high capacity person in a role that constantly fighting with you, fighting with you over semantics, things that don't matter. It's really ego and arrogance on somebody's part. Well, I mean, this is, this just all, it just goes back to spiritual maturity and yeah. this isn't necessarily something that, I mean, it's something that we should be holding each other accountable, accountable for, Yes. but as, as a person sitting in that, like if you're the high capacity leader, you can't make someone else choose to grow in spiritual maturity. You can only control yourself. Yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis has this book called How to Be a Christian. Oh, I love which that. It's hilarious. Like it's just, I don't know why that title just makes me laugh. But um, I literally just read this chapter where he was talking about how we should stop complaining about what other people are doing and the faults that they have. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, the only person that we have control over, the only heart that we can change is our own. Mm-hmm. Everything else just makes us miserable. Oh, that's good. Um, that's, well, it's not good. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It is true. And it's so good. Um, so just thinking like egos and arrogance, if that's really getting on, I don't know why getting your gizzard comes to my head all the time. That's a phrase, right? That really gets my gizzard. I guess in Michigan. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I heard that, but it comes, it comes in my head a lot more than it probably should. But anyway, if, this, if that gets your gizzard, you can say that seriously without laughing just pause, take a moment, look at yourself and, and ask if this is something that I also need to work through. Yeah. Is it worth Um, it? Is it worth it? it? You know, is this fight that I'm in, is it worth it? Yeah. I mean, does it really make a difference? Is this a hill worth dying on? I know that phrase. And you also don't have to sit under someone that doesn't have a a level of spiritual maturity to move beyond their, Mm -hmm. the idol of self. And sometimes we find ourselves in that situation that, you know, it's maybe it's just time to move. Maybe it's time to go. You know, maybe, maybe you are a high capacity leader and maybe you're just tired of bumping up against the same 
ceiling over and over and over again. And, you know, it's maybe it's just not a fit, you know, and if you have a good relationship with your leaders, maybe you can talk to them about going, doing something else in the church or another role or working with somebody else or, you know, helping you transition out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I hope that you have the ability in your church. I hope you're not in a church that says once they find out that you're wanting to leave or not happy, they just fire you and, and find somebody else. I hope that's not the situation. That's a super toxic situation. And if you are, <laughs> don't give them a, don't give them an opportunity. I think you should run, but <laughs> just uh, run, just run, uh, run from a <laughs> church like that. Um, yeah. but I, I feel like there's just so many, so many things we can fix before we try to get to that point. And for sure. You know, I will say this, that if you're, if your boss who's directly above you, you feel like it's constantly doing this to you, I would first say, stop, give a personal check and see what role do I play in that? And then second, really pray about what hills you want to die on and which ones you don't. And then third, you need to make a decision if you can live with it, you know, cause you're not going to be able to really, um, it's a whole other podcast to teach you how to lead up when this is the issue, right? Yeah. Right. It's, it's time consuming. It wears you out. It requires a lot of thought and a lot of extra work to get your leader to start leading you better and stop frustrating you. Um, but it can be done, but it's so hard. So you have to decide if you're in for the fight and if you're not, I would say it's time to look at other options. Or is this where I'm called to be? Yeah. Is this where, is this where I'm called to be? And really be serious about that question. And if you're starting to feel apathetic, if you're starting to find yourself go quiet, if you're starting to find yourself just not have an opinion about things, mm-hmm. that's a big red flag that you're starting to get burnout. Yeah. And that, and you are responsible for your own spiritual health. You are responsible for your own leadership. Nobody else. So if you're sitting in a role that is wreaking havoc, ooh, I was just about to rhyme. If you are sitting in a role that's wreaking havoc on your soul. Do you that to, was good. Do you want me to drop you a beat? I'll drop, yes, drop and that's you all a, I got though. A sick beat. You're sitting in a role wreaking havoc on your soul. Just oh go. Just oh, go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. I really am. I know I am too. I am a little <laughs> bit embarrassed. <laughs> I'm kidding. I will say this though. I will say this. Um, if you don't, uh, if, if you're in a position right now where you've listened to all this and you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I just really don't know. This is a great reason to go to counseling. Mm. This is a great reason to get with somebody professional and talk through these feelings. That, and I don't mean just like necessarily a counselor. Maybe there's a business coach, um, a life mentor type person that is, has done this, you know, for years, maybe they're definitely older than you that you can approach. I did. Uh, I approached a guy. I was like, I've got a lot going on in my professional life. I have no idea what's next. I know you've coached others before. Could you coach me? And his name's Randy and he's in his eighties and I'm producing a podcast for him and another guy. And he's adorable. It's like, absolutely adorable. Who knew? You know, uh, the finishing well podcast. If you want to check it out, it's, go uh, check it, go check it out. At least look Hal at the cover art yeah. because 100% adorbs finishing well with Hal Habecker and Randy Hess. So go check that out. I love it. But, uh, he, he's led me through a lot of these kinds of questions when I felt like, man, I got nowhere to go. I got a frustrating leader. I don't know how to, he's been like, hold on, here's how you do this. Here's how you change things. And man, what a valuable hour long conversation once a month I had with him. 
you know, mm-hmm. just great. So Good. Well, I think we've we've covered a lot of the basics. I know there's probably more, so I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Seth News or check out Church Com Team. I connect with you there and help you out directly with this kind of stuff. As a communications team that for less than the price of one full-time employee, you get a whole team of pros that can help you execute internal and external communications at your church. Um, we do it remotely and we do it well. So check that out, churchcomteam.com. Um, I'd love to hear more about the seven, seven plus things that make high capacity leaders leave. And if you're a high capacity servant, a high capacity doer, I'd love to hear what makes you frustrated as well. And maybe yeah. we'll do a podcast on that. So let me know. Megan, any parting shots of wisdom before we go? Oh gosh. I, you know, I always feel like I should have some like grandiose thing to say here. And I just usually don't. <laughs> I know you were sitting there like I, you were this, done. And I was like, I'm going to ask her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I will say, I will say this turned out to be a lot heavier than I was expecting it to. Um, yes. we, you know, we really just wanted this to be like a helpful thing of, Hey, this, these are things that, you know, you might recognize in yourself or in people around you. And so, Hey, just, you know, yeah. warning signs, beware, you know, beware of these things. Yeah. Um, we, we've got a but, lot of, we've got a lot of ex- history, you know, is well, there with, with, with some of these things. Yeah. I mean, like you said, some of these things are personal. They're things both you and I have experienced Mm -hmm. as, 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 you know, high capacity leaders, people that are, you know, think strategically and want to like move mountains and are always trying to like look around corners and see what's next. Mm -hmm. Um, so hopefully it was encouraging, you know, if, if you have questions though, or there, or, you know, like, like Seth said, I do not underestimate the value of, of feedback and coaching and, getting, you know, even getting in a, in a cohort where you are connecting with other people in similar position there, there's a lot of value there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just encourage you to, to, to seek that out and not feel like you have to figure this out all on your own. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, that's Megan, and we'll be back again very soon with another episode for church communications, social media, and church marketing. So thanks for listening. Subscribe, drop us a review or a comment or um, angry letter anywhere where you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. See you.